Chapter Twenty Two of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. Women, when they are frail, are so in great measure because they have not been instructed in the nature of choice, nor taught the art of selection, nor the meaning of responsibility. Willfulness they may know, but not too many are acquainted with will jessamine's mental debate was in an ever-increasing darkness if indeed it could be dignified with the name of debate she was merely a prey to varying strong impulses a thing passively delivered over to a struggle between opposing inducements shaken with longings and terrors either way she stood wondering whither her fate would lead her at the last there was an element in her passion perhaps unusually strong she longed definitely and deeply after motherhood her thinking upon this point was no more the precise reason thinking of a man than on others it was a brooding pictorial feeling on the part of a very feminine type of brain but it colored all her love for colin and was not distinct from it in jessamine it was not so much that natural feeling lay like a rich residuum beneath a cultured mind as that she was a pagan creature covered up in artificiality in character development with all her pretty cleverness she was far behind the level of her age she and other women like her move in a world for them not realized and beyond their understanding in its serious claims but this fact does not exempt them the serious claims are made upon them nevertheless fair neglected children as they are of the centuries of moral training which have never taken them in hand none of the girl's overpowering emotions were relieved by the consolations of intellectuality or the dignified sense of a possibility of firm choice had the life she had condescended to in a freak proved too lofty for her or was she infected by the element into which she had come to something lower than herself neither question was she able to decide give yourself to colin cried the strong voice of nature jessamine did not discern whether this voice came from an angel or the devil all her thoughts were contradictory at moments she found herself girding about her the armor of aunt arabella's instructions at others whipping herself up to the catastrophe almost as the virtuous whip themselves up to virtue beaten thus between two hesitations either way the result would be simply frailty and not decision and out of frailty nothing of good in this life was ever won all the next morning she moved about silent and distray mrs mackenzie watched her and read her with quiet motherly eyes trouble had come to the wee bonnie lassie but its nature she could only faintly guess yet since matrimony is the way of bonnie lassies she ventured upon that subject at last 
her soft voice throwing around her a region of temperance safety and peace jeanie macbain will be makin up her mind at last she ventured with cautious irrelevancy jessamine started at the quiet voice and blushed at it because of its mild contrast with her own tumult the cup she was washing slipped from her hand into the wooden bowl with a clatter it isn't broken mrs mackenzie said she penitently i won't be saying that i thought so persisted the good woman jeanie macbain will be makin up her mind whatever what to do asked jessamine timidly she and willie dallas will be married soon willie dallas of Granish, that will be he a very well-to-do man i suppose i am glad if jeanie is happy oh we'll not be saying so much about that she will be ever very moderate but it will be a right thing for her whatever willie he was ever very backward and melancholious and jeanie she was lathful but they are making it up at last whatever i'm glad jeanie is not very young she will be getting on in years indeed many a weary body would ha had her but jeanie she was ever very back withdrawing and i said to her one day what will you be thinking o willie dallas now and she said i'm thinking he's getting grey and i said greyer than yourself jessamine reached down a tea-cloth and began to wipe the cups and saucers the slop-stone stood under the window she had been stooping over it with her back toward mrs mackenzie but she turned from it now and leaned against it her slim figure in the short blue linsey gown defined against the light and her face downcast and rosy every ripple of the matron's tones as she sat opposite knitting by the hearth contained a gentle admonition and personal application yes mrs mackenzie said the girl softly seeing that she paused it'll be best for a wee bonny lassie to be wed lassie's weary in time of jinketing round best get a good man while they may the tone was firmer and more direct jessamine said nothing and rubbed carefully round the plate it will ever be a comfort continued mrs mackenzie to find a straight road it will be a comfort just to run right on without a sight of wonder and uncertainty whiles there will be turmoil in a lassie's mind and i've noticed it gets settled down when a lassie buckles to with a deuce quiet mon to do for and bairnies aboot that will be just a woman's way there won't be so many roads for a woman as for a man it's i a wise dispensation for they're but ill shaped for rovin seems like the hearts in our breasties need harbourin and restin oh indeed it was ever better with me since i took john it's still the sight o thinkin a deuce quiet mon and bairnies aboot will be the best thing for a woman whatever mrs mackenzie ended her speech with some sense of surprise at the unwonted length of it it is the best thing for a woman repeated jessamine gently and slowly 
mrs mackenzie raising her mild glance for a moment was startled to find the girl's eyes dark as with a veil of trouble thrown over them and with a face now as wan as it had been rosy so inscrutable and deep an air of misery had rarely met her eyes before she dropped her knitting and planted her hands upon her knees and leaned forward not in excitement but with a large comfortable inquiring air of sympathy what will be ailin the lassie she will be greetin the nicht through nothing ails the lassie repeated jessamine gently a twisted smile tremulously altering the lovely mouth nothing nothing at all i am i think almost terribly well mrs mackenzie the wild wan eyes rested hungrily upon the good woman's face aweel said the latter i'd not be one to be findin fault with the good health whatever it's a gift of the lord to be thankful over lassie yes mrs mackenzie you'll not be sayin a word over the sports did you like them oh yes very much oh i liked them the thought of colin ran with a thrill through her voice colin mcgillivray he went west to the sports too said mrs mackenzie deliberately and with a quite infecting calm all jessamine's glowing thoughts scampered like startled wild things to their lair when they saw the trap thrown out for them the rustle of them seemed to her scared senses audible oh he was there of course she responded hurriedly and mr mackenzie too and and there was a very good piper there a short man who played better than any one oh indeed you'll not be so very much taken up with the wee bit chappy with the pipes i'm thinkin jessamine trembling and frightened laid aside her tea-cloth and turned away to place the cups and saucers on the shelf it was notable that all the skilled society fencing to which she was accustomed failed her in the wise controlling eye of this wholesome peasant woman mrs mackenzie's atmosphere threw every one around her back on simple virtues mrs mackenzie faltered the girl presently when the last saucer had been put by shall i not sprinkle a little salt in the porridge just a thought lassie responded mrs mackenzie and you might be gettin the platters down jessamine reached up for the wooden salt-box but her fingers were trembling and awkward and her eyes were blind she pulled the thing forward on the shelf and let it fall scattering the white contents over the floor oh that will be one chancy lassie cooed mrs mackenzie in scarcely a raised voice and more sympathetic with jessamine's ill luck than sorry over her own loss very wan chancy whatever wan chancy repeated jessamine staring at the white heaps on the ground oh indeed yes lassie very wan chancy whatever after the midday dinner the rain which had fallen heavily all the morning cleared off a little leaving the atmosphere warm and damp and jessamine restlessly wandered out to the yard at the back of the house near which she thought she heard john mackenzie at work 
she found him building up a peat stack near the shed under the shelter of the projecting roof all the summer at odd times he had been sawing and preparing wood to build the shed and with the aid of colin and other friendly neighbors it had gradually risen from the ground and now presented the appearance of a tolerable building to-day he worked alone at the peat stack piecing the black blocks of fuel securely together so as to form a convenient heap and this in the leisurely enjoying manner of one not concerned to take time by the forelock nor to perform any astonishing feat of empty celerity the acrid pleasant smell of the peats filled the air and jessamine strangely soothed and secure as she always felt in either of the mackenzie's presence drew nearer and nearer until the man's busy glance took her into it whereupon he welcomed with his usual pleasant glance the lovely presence which he was now so accustomed to see lurking furtively about the edges of his daily labor won't you sit down and rest you a while said he gently jessamine climbed on to a heap of fallen wood and perched herself on the top for a moment the turmoil that filled her life was stilled she breathed in good odors she watched healthy labor she was conscious of kindly companionship and somewhere deep down in her nature of the love that gives richness and glow to all life we've had bad weather lately for the harvest haven't we mr mackenzie she began identifying herself as usual with the interests of the place oh indeed and it's very bad weather returned mackenzie with the patient glance at the sky characteristic of the highland farmer will the corn be spoiled jessamine was anxious and opened very grave eyes on mackenzie's face we'll be waitin to see that whatever we've got it and the stooks and we shall carry a bet soon i'm glad if it is not spoiled that peat is the winter fuel i suppose oh yes in the summer we will be buildin the stacks and in the winter we will just be burnin them john threw a pleasant glance up as he spoke the peace the monotony the day-by-day -day living and labor soothed her sense more and more where does the peat come from said she side of craig ellachy said john above the fir woods that's a long way to go how do you bring them down just with the cart and the horse but the road through the deer forest is closed whilst they close it whilst they open it it will be open when we will be cast in the peats but it is so rough scarcely a road at all oh it's a very bad road whatever it's awful hashin for the horses and the harness and you have to go so often to get enough ah weel said john a good few times how tired you must get with the long journey up and down oh yes a body gets very tired and hot i think the laird should mend the road it knocks the horses to pieces it will be very hashin to them 
but whiles i'm not so sorry to take the roan he was ever a very wicked horse he will be for russian even in the plough and it will quiet him a bit but the roan is a good horse you made some new turnip drills in the old hayfield hadoof you said hi whisht and the roan turned or stepped to one side or stopped and was i thought very clever and obedient i wonder how you can make the horses understand oh we just teach them they just learn by degrees like the scholars in the schools whilst the roan will be good enough but he was ever very nervous since he was young he was a nervous beastie what a long time it takes to build a peat stack oh i'll soon be through jessamine leaned her pretty head against the side of the shed it was a moment of ease and forgetfulness of genuine peace and of that unmarked happiness of which we make too little because it is only a level of quiet thoughts and gentle composed sensations for the time she forgot even colin and her passion the thought of them may have sung a little gently at the bottom of her heart but they were merely an intermingling of colour with the hueless woof of pleasant thinking and sensation john's very unconsciousness of and his aloofness from her personal turmoil helped her to forget it it passed for the moment into the comforting obscurity of things unconsidered the outdoor life with its health and large calm soothing that too intense feeling of the personal and setting it in truer relation to the rest of nature a relation which few attain to even in moments and none securely hold throughout a lifetime out of such moments if any activity arises it will be sweet and generous jessamine felt a desire to be genuinely useful to the good and kindly folk among whom so long she had resided the sense that she had power might have power to help was strong within her and she found no reason why she should not use it she forgot on what the power was founded and its accompanying humiliation if indeed she were capable of feeling this last and she forgot too her carefully preserved disguise it was with a little grave considering air that she spoke next the land is poor said she and it would be better if you had the hill with the fir wood on for pasture oh yes it is a poor bit land said john tranquilly and if we got the fir wood from the laird for sheep pasture it would be a very good thing for us whatever we could be keeping more sheep and helping ourselves that way oh it would be a very good thing if we had the deer forest again whiles there was no deer forest john without pausing in his work glanced up at the long wide range of the hillsides where the land which might have sustained a village was covered up from use by the mantle of fir trees that formed part of the deer preserves for the amusement of one person then his glance fell again and he fitted the peats together sturdily when i go back said jessamine composedly 
I shall speak to the laird. I shall ask him to cut down the fir woods and to give the dear forest to the people for the sheep, and I shall ask him to open the old road and to mend it. When John heard her speak thus, he left off his work and stood still, leaning his arm over the peat stack and looking at the morsel of humanity before him. She proposed, it appeared, in her own small person, to bring about what was to him and his interests a sort of millennium. She proposed to do it by the simple process of asking the laird he had not the faintest idea of the commercial value of that bit of exquisiteness perched on the heap of his cut wood her head against his newly built shed he was unaware that lovely women were bought and sold in the london marriage market very much as circassian slaves are sold to a turkish harem nor could he form any notion of the prices lairds and others might be willing to give for their possession even for their momentary favour the genial twinkle of his face and it was always there when this pretty whiff hovered about him broadened to a forbearing smile that'll be a rare bit of work for a wee bonny lassie to undertake said he but you'll not be talkin of goin back yet a while lassie we'd be after missin you if you did jessamine started what had she said go back stay what terrible meaning was locked in either simple phrase to her for her what alternative was there which was not hemmed in by terror she darted a wan frightened look at the good quiet face before her and slipped down softly from her seat End of chapter twenty two